0: all right welcome back to episode 14 of the 20 pages book club on today's episode we have a long episode with lots of things to cover so first we'll go over a quick weekend recap uh we attacked tyler because nebraska football is in shambles um uh, we will then uh, get started on book number five rocket men talking with chapters one through nine we'll give our thoughts on the book thus far and then meme competitions back we finally have a book that uh we think won't cancel us so um yeah, we can do some memes. Um, and then we'll close it up and talk about the next episode. Looking forward to a great episode. Let's go. All right, welcome back, episode 14. New book. Took a week off between books. So yeah, let's do a quick weekend recap since we've uh we haven't seen each other for a week or so. Someone wanna start? No. Should we let I Tyler start? Tyler yeah. start.
1: Tyler start. All right I'm ahead of anything. So, so Friday, Friday over
0: the past two weeks.
2: What did I do Friday, Christian? I don't know. Prepped. Friday. I have no clue.
0: Um for you said you had to, actually I think you said you had to get up to bed early so you could get up for the big game.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So and then Saturday I watched the UFC
1: fights. <laughs> Sean,
0: <laughs> Sean left trickle-
1: over what happened Saturday morning. You went you went to a bar to watch. All right, so for all the viewers at home,
2: they are muted. They're asking about um Friday night, Illinois played Kansas and unfortunately Illinois um lost by Uh, a good margin they made a comeback at the end but uh fortunately they lost i you know i let them rock i didn't say anything and um yeah it was great so that's what they're asking about i'm sorry you can't hear them right now uh it was good weekend sean strickland became ufc champion i that was really cool to see um yeah so um yeah i'll pass it on to kevin for uh his weekend recap i think they're back hey we can't all right so no no one was saying that illinois was going to be Hey, it looks like they're still having problems. All right, Jared, Jared Jared just said he's very disappointed in his university. I'm sorry you can't hear him again.
1: All right. I'll, oh, looks like they're can back. Can I say Nebraska is not only bad, but they... Uh,
2: Christian just said Nebraska, unfortunately, lost, but they're a proud university.
0: I'm sorry you couldn't hear that.
3: I, I can go. I can go for my weekend recap, if that's all I'm right. To
0: get, to get hurt under the time the regime right now for a big what What is this they're, they're
2: lagging unfortunately viewers. I'm sorry.
3: Can I go? Yeah, nice, yes.
1: Nice nice bit. Yeah, go ahead. Get go ahead, Gavin. How was your work
3: Oh, It was good. I started coaching the soccer season finally started, so I had six games in the past two weeks. So it's been a grind working and then basically working after work. Uh, yesterday was a good day. I had morning practice then got to watch Colorado dismantle
2: Alright. So, so once again, I I unfortunately that didn't come through, uh so I apologize to the viewers. He said he's very proud of the DuHawks, even though they lost one nothing.
3: Haven't lost a game yet. Uh fortunately Nebraska. Once
2: again he said he's very disappointed in his
3: team. Um yeah, but <laughs> haven't gone out in a while, I haven't really done anything that interesting. <laughs> I'll pass it over to uh, Christian.
1: Okay, so uh, Friday night, uh, didn't do anything. Went to bed early so I could wake up bright and early and watch uh, Jeff sit. Christian was watching the Notre Dame game for the viewers. They can't hear him. Lose to Kansas. Uh, it seems as if Kansas is like a really good football team. So
2: hey, but you know us as
0: fans, we'll wear it on our chins. You know we can wear it on
1: wear it on our chins. We actually showed unlike, some,
0: unlike some, like some people,
1: we showed some fight at the end of the game too. Which
0: yeah,
1: think Nebraska. They said they're proud of their university. For those that can't hear, watched uh, watched the UFC card yesterday. Uh, Sean Strickland is Sean Strickland is champ Uh, I think he's a better champ than Adesanya me and Tyler agreed that Adesanya is kind of a cringe champ Uh, so I'd rather have Strickland yeah looking forward to some Sunday NFL football today after this gonna put on red zone and not leave the couch
0: we're back football's
1: back (laughs) All right, Jared what do you got
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Christian said Friday, watched the Illinois game. Tough loss. Knew we were going to have to play well. Didn't play well. So, hard to beat a good team on the road when you don't play well. Uh, same goes for Nebraska. Hard to play well. Hard to beat a good team when you don't play well. That's all I'll say. I agree. Um, Jeff Simmons is the worst quarterback in, in the Big Ten. <laughs> I
3: agree. <laughs> I was 2 0. Oh.
0: Yeah. Uh, shout out to Kevin. I was 2 0. Oh, um, so, when they actually have to play a real team, we'll see if
3: they can win. So, great. Brazel's mad.
0: He just started watching college football a week and a half ago. What do you want him to do? Watch the Loris? Yes, yeah,
3: worth the dual. It's not like I didn't watch college football. I just watched, you know, the matchups. I've. I've been... So,
2: I muted that. <laughs> he he said Iowa is the worst team ever to exist on the planet. So. I'm sorry for viewers like couldn't here. All
0: yeah, right. well, um, college football's back. Nebraska's not back though. So Colorado got back before Nebraska got back. So that's that's pretty hilarious because Nebraska's been trying for the past eight years. I love it's that one. Wonder-
1: one year under one new head coach.
0: Tyler's also denying that Colorado is good. So you can let them hear it in the comments.
2: Anyone with a pair of eyeballs can tell you that Nebraska's just really bad.
3: With that? All right, Brazil, it's your time to shine.
2: All right, uh, I can't wait for chapter summaries. Uh, it's my favorite time of the week.
3: That sounds so sarcastic,
2: Jared. Jared's gonna Jared's gonna look back through that uh, weekend recap uh, when he's editing and realize I muted every time you guys mentioned Nebraska, uh, but. Um, all right. Uh, this
0: is a regime. We're being censored.
1: <laughs> time to time to tune out for the next twenty minutes during chapter summaries. All
0: right. Think of some more. Think of some more memes, All, 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 all right.
3: What's, wor- what's worse to watch, Jeff Sims or Tyler Brazel do the summaries?
0: <laughs> I uh, would. Ho- Tyler, I would
3: hope it's Jeff Sims.
1: Tyler has some hard-hitting questions today.
3: Naturally. All right. right, Sorry, he's probably interrupting you.
2: Chapter one, do you want to go to the moon? George Lau, a top engineer, pondered the possibilities while on the beach. The end of decade promise set by Kennedy was approaching and setbacks continued to pile up. Once back, he met up with astronaut Frank Borman. Borman received a call from Donald Kent Deke Slayton, the man in charge of picking astronauts. He told Borman to come to Houston immediately. The last emergency call was for a disaster. Apollo 1 had trapped three pilots in the cockpit and burned them alive on the pad. Borman lost close friends in that fire Ed White. Lost close friends, sorry. Borman was the face of NASA during the investigative hearings, and he stood and defended the organization. Upon returning, he joined a task force devoted to design changes. Now, he entered Slayton's office with an offer to make Apollo 8 a lunar orbit mission. The most difficult thing he'd ever do. And on four-month timetable. A Pivotal Moment in History and a Dangerous Undertaking. Uh, so we start the book off. It kind of launches us into the context of what we're reading uh, immediately. Any thoughts on that initial chapter?
3: No. I should
0: have, I should have thoughts, but I don't have it. Okay, it wasn't, it
3: wasn't the most like gripping intro. It was just like a meh intro. That's a scene. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's a scene. I think that's a good way to describe it.
1: Give us like, all it the context is. you need. I have a generic question. It's been 40 years since we put a man on the moon. Why, 40 plus well, years? Why have we not done it again? Can we can we wait it. till oh, the yeah. end to launch into conspiracies? I just you put the date right at okay. the top. Okay. That's why. I, okay, sorry. I'm fine with going into conspiracies. It's just you know, let's
2: let's get to the end. Um,
1: uh, I do have one like rational uh, thought. This George Lowe guy, he's, like, the first we're presented with, and does he ever show up again? Uh, I think he's mentioned once or twice yeah. after this. Okay.
2: He may, he may have a bigger part later on. Um, I don't know, though. All right, Chapter 2, The Space Race. On October 5th, 1957, the Soviets launched the first satellite into space. Sputnik was a marvel. The marvel became feared as Americans feared the Soviets and its capabilities. Nuclear power had changed the world, and the Soviets quickly gathered their own technology. Both countries turned to rockets, knowing those missiles would be impossible to shoot down. Taking inspiration from the German V-2 rocket, indirectly, they created the space race. On December 2nd, or 6th, sorry, 1957, the United States launched its Vanguard rocket to achieve the same goal. It failed and crashed the following january they would achieve a successful satellite in orbit in 1958 eisenhower officially launched nasa in 1960 john f kennedy was elected on april 12th 1961 the russians sent yuri gargain to orbit around the earth and he returned successfully via parachute once again the americans had been beaten to the punch with that Uh, beaten to the punch, sorry. This paired with the failed Bay of Pigs invasion left Kennedy in desperate need of a victory. With that, he announced his intentions of landing a man on the moon before the end of the decade. Tensions continued to rise, and nuclear bombs continued to advance. With that, the Soviets sent missiles to Cuba. The United States sent a naval blockade. The world stood still for two weeks. Finally, Khrushchev withdrew, and the nation stood behind the powerful Kennedy, In November 1963, Kennedy was assassinated, taking his place Lyndon B. Johnson. By the following year, the space race gap had expanded even more. However, NASA was determined and continued to make progress. By 1967, they had the Soviets panicking, with that Apollo 1 prepared to launch. And disaster struck. As mentioned, the crew was burned alive without leaving the launch pad. Despite the setback, Apollo 4 used the Saturn Five rockets successfully, but faced another step backwards as it failed on Apollo 6. News reached the Americans that the Soviets were going to attempt a manned lunar landing. The Americans didn't have a suitable rocket, nor was the landing craft anywhere near ready. With that, Slayton approached Borman with the fateful question. Alright, my question is, what are your opinions on the source of American involvement in the space race and the influence politics had on our plans?
0: I mean, I think, obviously, large. I mean, Kennedy was struggling. He threatened his, like, earlier years of presidency. He needed to make a name for himself, not only with, the like, ongoing Cold War. And I think, for better or worse, he kind of was, he had to do something if he obviously wanted to be reelected. Obviously, we know he never made it to the second term, but we, I feel like he, was almost, like, pressurized to make a, to make a big goal like that in order to kind of, give people hope or give
3: something to look forward to. Yep. I don't know if this directly answers your question, but this is just a thought I had when reading this. So interesting to me how when put under pressure by like some, like a country outside of the US, we're able to accomplish all these great things under like very small time constraints. But then right now, like, are we really, like, what are we developing or, doing right now in terms of like NASA like are we trying to you know what I mean like are we actively trying to like reach Mars like I'm sure we are but it feels like we haven't done anything super significant in the past like 10 years which I'm sure we have I'm sure I just haven't heard about it but it's just insane to me how when put under these time constraints like we're able to accomplish such great feats
2: agreed
1: I I think that's just an American thing like world war ii we hadn't prepared at all before like 1942 and uh i think here too like um just have massive outside pressures like there's not a lot of internal motivation for the united states
3: yeah and then they probably when they hear that they're going to need to do this they probably take like all the best physicists engineers scientists and just throw them on this project but then like right now we probably have all of those super smart people spread out across different areas that they're interested in instead of like forcing people to be on one project i guess
2: there's i'm, I'm blanking on the quote but there's a famous quote that goes along the lines of America's an unstoppable force once they put my their mind to something. It's just very hard for America to ever put their mind towards anything in a committed manner. Um, which I think reigns true. Like everything we do, if we put our mind to it and like put all of our force and support around it, we're like exceptionally good at doing things. It just takes forever for us to get to that point. And we have to be pushed usually by an outside force to get there.
3: Like even the atomic bombs, like we were able to create those in such a short time constraint but then yeah
2: shout out sean strickland usa baby um all right chapter any thoughts christian i see you look like you want to say something
0: i, I also think, I think so. that uh there's a think like a good thing like there's an also a possibility that we just have no idea what's kind of going on at nasa like they're probably the world's gotten a lot more secretive or trying to whereas the space race was the first. It
3: was very so, public. It was like a yeah news war almost.
0: Yeah, so I I almost think that we probably do have something planned, but I feel like the next big thing is Mars, and I think that's such a huge step that we probably made so many other advancements, but it's not like a headliner like the moon is or a different planet. So I feel like that's why we don't really hear about it. But I do feel like I also agree that once we kind of put our mind to something as a nation, we almost tend to do a little bit better. All right, um, go ahead. After
1: after being the first man in space, Yuri Gagarin died in a training flight less than a year later. And at the time, it was mysterious because the Russians swept it under the rug. Uh, but now it's been declassified, and there was a second training flight going on where the other plane was flying too low, which caused the accident. So just a prime example of the Russians... Uh, secretive and not telling the complete truth
3: and mysterious deaths. Did he ever actually orbit orbit the earth? Is
0: Sorry. the earth real? People are asking.
2: <laughs> okay, Kyrie Irving. Alright. Could chap- be flat. Chapter three, a secret plan. Borman responded, yes, Deke. Let's go to the moon. George Lau sat and pondered the mission they needed to create three modules. The command module the service module, and the lunar module. All three needed to be tested. Lau approached Christopher Columbus Kraft, director of flight operations. Lau asked if Apollo 8 could fly to the moon without the lunar module. That way, they didn't have to wait for its development. Despite this, there were still issues as Saturn V still wasn't safe and had just come off a failed launch, and they had no retrieval system for the astronauts. It was a difficult task. However, Kraft returned the next day with news. He believed the mission should should be to orbit the moon. It was a crazy idea by all metrics, especially on a four month timetable. With that, they called a meeting of every important member of NASA. This included Warner Von Braun, former member of the Nazi party, developer of the V2 rocket and top rocket scientists. With his final nod, the group agreed to continue in secrecy. Once they analyzed the risks, they would bring it up to James E. Webb, the top NASA boss. And the government. Also, my fun fact, because thank you, Christian, for bringing back Christian's fun fact. James E. Webb Telescope, you've probably heard of. Uh, uh, Obviously. How we get get the insane
0: pictures in space.
2: Yeah. Obviously named after um, James E. Webb. All right. uh, Any thoughts on that chapter uh, overall? Or Von Braun, Operation Paperclip. uh, We'll just leave that out there. I feel like you have
0: something to say about Operation Paperclip.
2: No, no, talking no. about it i want to i want to i want to let the story play out a little bit more i want to i want to bring some facts maybe i'll do a special on the next episode okay. special special <laughs> yeah. all right all right any other thoughts before i move to chapter four all right with that i'll move our chapter four are you out of your mind Borman approach level and anders about the prospects level Greeted the opportunity with a smile. Anders knew this weakened his chances of being the person in charge of landing on the moon. From there, Frank approached Susan, his wife, on the matter. She told him how proud she was, but was concerned about the prospects. The other families greeted the fellow astronauts in a similar manner. Prospects of success were low. It didn't take a rocket scientist to know that. Despite the concerns, the engineers took the idea to James Webb, who greeted the idea with violent skepticism. However, he didn't say no. Contingent on Apollo 7's success, Webb would let Apollo 8 move forward. With that, all the top scientists met in the conference room, representing their separate teams. Boardman was able to negotiate the amount of orbits down from 24 to 10. With that, the dominoes began to fall. It was agreed for December 21st, and altitude and trajectory were determined. The mission required precise science, and any inaccuracy would result in total failure and death for the pilots. And possibly NASA. Despite it, Kraft shook his head in agreement, and the plan was in place. All right. My question is, we devote some time to a discussion debate surrounding the optics of the trip and some important compromises taken by the separate departments. What takeaways are there for everyday life and what personal takeaways did you have?
3: I mean, I had a quote that I was going to share from the Lavelle chapter later. But it kind of applies to this. It was when he was. Uh, it. it was when he was trying to land that plane in the dark, kind of, and he was. Afterwards, he's like shaking. I, this quote hit me so hard. It was so far. He said, uh, "To him, the only thing guaranteed to a person was the moment. It was the only time one knew he would be there to take in the trees and the sun and the stars, to meet people, make friends, and fall in love. But a person couldn't be in the moment if he was worried too much about the future." That meant in order to live, you couldn't worry about dying. And I was like, "Whoa." Bars. Eh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a a good meme. That's a
0: good, that's a good uh,
3: quote. Yeah, it just shows the, especially w- we'll see later too, like the families and how it just affects everybody in terms of, like they're rushing this mission, and that's putting lives at risk. And that's worrying not only like the astronauts, but just America in general, especially with all the news going on about it. So it just shows you how quickly we were able to accomplish things, but also how dangerous it was at the same time.
0: Yeah, putting it into perspective, like four months is crazy for like a mission like this. And like it was all contingent on testing it with Apollo 7 and all that was just like crazy to read about
1: i think like uh based on that quote to like live in the moment and not care about dying you have to have some sort of underlying purpose if you don't have that purpose then you're like okay i can't i can't perish before i accomplish what i'm trying to accomplish and i think all three of these astronauts had an underlying purpose for why they were doing it and i'm sure those all the other astronauts within nasa probably went about business in the same sense they
3: they all knew that this was
1: their purpose and they were ready to die to accomplish that
3: also really do like kind of going off that how the author sprinkles in the chapters with like all their personal lives kind of throughout so you get an insight into how they grew up and their background and why they are the way they are so yeah. I think that plays out too
0: yeah, I think it was really cool how he's written it so far, like where he takes like a chapter, then he goes into like Borman, then he takes another chapter, kind of explain the macro, and then he goes back into each personal, and it's kind of intertwined really well, I thought. So I thought that was pretty cool, at least in this first part. I know we haven't got there yet, but.
1: I feel like it's hard to write about the build up here because there's got to be so much that's still classified about the mission. And you probably can't get that many details about like. Th- <clears throat> the inner workings of NASA when this was going on and and the underlying meetings of the mission. Uh, so I thought the author got pretty creative with this. And shout out to Tyler for picking a spot where we were able to read about the three astronauts and their backgrounds for meeting one.
3: Shout out, Tyler.
0: He won't mute it's that right. part. He won't
1: First.
0: mute that part. Yeah. Okay.
2: All, right. Uh, all right. Chapter five, Frank Borman. Frank Borman was the son of Edwin Borman, a hardworking family man. Frank's family pushed through the Depression due to his dad taking multiple jobs. At home, Frank focused on model airplanes. It was his passion ever since he flew at the Gary Airport in Indiana in 1933. I've been to the Gary Airport Uh, a lot of times. My grandpa used to frequent there, so that was cool. That was a cool connection for me. Uh, With that, he worked multiple jobs to afford his flight lessons. His biggest victory, dancing with Susan Bugby at his senior year dance. He was determined and entered West Point in the fall of 1946. During college, he excelled but took time away from Susan. He graduated eighth in his class. After that, he was accepted into flight school. Before heading there, he asked Susan to marry him. She accepted, and they married a month later. Quickly after that, Susan was pregnant and gave birth to their first kid in 1951. Frank was sent to the Philippines during the Korean War, and Susan followed, giving birth to another child in 1953. Every day... She worried that Frank would be the next pilot to fall. In 1956, Frank became a professor at West Point. In 1957, he was teaching thermodynamics and fluid mechanics. Life was good and stable. Then, the Soviets launched Sputnik, and everything changed. In 1962, Borman was selected to become an astronaut. Instantly, he became a celebrity. The American public was enthralled by these new space explorers. Borman's first mission was Gemini 7 with Lovell. The pair quickly grew admiration for each other. It was a a success and a major step in space exploration for America. Despite this, Susan continued to worry. This life was not easy, and the tragedy of Apollo 1 only worked to deepen her fears. Frank understood, but couldn't give up flying. All right, so we're introduced to Borman here. Uh, Any thoughts?
0: just how insanely hard it is to get into the NASA program yeah like I think they talk about like throughout like how they had to go to multiple master's degrees like multiple like test pilot like hours just like the insane odds of getting into the space program is, is crazy it, like I knew it was hard but like putting it into like perspective here it's I graduated with a bachelor's degree and like I would be
2: yeah if I even thought of doing that I'd be
0: kicked to the
2: curb. you basically had to be like one of the smartest people in the country, but also like a That's really good fair. athlete, yeah, so it's tough
1: <laughs> one of them one of the things that stands out for all three of these guys is they like knew that they wanted to do this very early on in life. I feel like I don't wanna say it makes it easier to succeed um well, it definitely does make it easier to su- succeed when you decide that early. But it's just something that I can't relate to, like as someone who still doesn't know what I ultimately want to end up in. It's like crazy to see these three astronauts like decided in their in their childhood that they wanted to pursue this.
3: Yeah, like yeah. the fact that all of them
0: were, just... hey, go ahead.
3: Sorry. the fact that all of them were in flight school like when they were young. Yeah, I don't know if all, but. I think two of them. I think
0: Andrews was the only one that really like kind of went into NASA a little bit later than the others because he was still kind of throughout school. Like, didn't really know what he wanted to do, and but kind of lucked out with that whole like. Was it not passing, but getting in the physical? He knew he
1: wanted. Was he? He was the one who knew he wanted to be an explorer, or maybe that
2: was. Yeah, he was the one that wanted to be explorer.
1: Yeah,
0: because he grew up in Hong Kong with his dad.
2: yeah, Yeah. I One thing I really enjoyed about this chapter is I like that the author included Susan like as a major part of Borman's story. I think that's going to pay dividends later on um, and that they've kind of sort of also brought up Susan later on that people worried about her and her mindset. But I like that she's like a pivotal part in Borman's story and not just like a side character. like All their wives, well, think, too.
0: Yeah, I think that he actually interviewed each wife and uh, astronaut, I believe. Writing this, so I think you're going to get some deeper perspectives moving forward in the book,
1: even from the woman, which is pretty cool. It's a it's a very glaring like generational difference yep. as far as like marriage that. as far as marriage goes. Like these guys, th- there weren't any other women mentioned. Really, it seemed like these were all the first women that they met, and then like I, I know at least in Borman's circumstance, and maybe the others, like he was away from Susan. Uh they had kind of like lost touch, and then they reignited it when he was done with college i believe and then uh like a a few like maybe a month or something after reigniting it, he just like asked her to marry him like very very different than today's day and age, and
0: the assumption that like some of, like most of the astronauts weren't as faithful as the three that were like getting insight into. I think they mentioned that like. They were like celebrities, so they had like Corvette deals. They had reality like magazines following them, like I guess like like they would some some dancers would go out to the bars. I think like I think it's mentioned in one of the chapters where all three of them seemed pretty like straight as an arrow in terms of what they wanted to accomplish, and they were all like incredibly dedicated to the craft and like I guess it's, I guess it probably did happen, but I definitely think in this case we see like a totally different generation.
2: Yeah. True. All right. Um, With that, we'll move to Chapter 6. Just four months. It came time to oversee flight responsibilities. Borman was the captain responsible for piloting the spacecraft. He would also take charge of the boosters and abort systems. Lovell would be the command module pilot in charge of navigation. Finally, Anders was the systems engineer in charge of every dial switch and lever. Chris Kraft was in charge of the flight plan every second of it it was a massive task for a mission that had 100 days despite this apollo 7 was going in a month if it failed apollo 8 would launch meanwhile unrest was growing in the country 1968 was a tough year in a few days the massive chicago protest was bound to occur with richard daly meeting its head on meeting it head on with force vietnam was causing massive anti-war protests as death continued death tolls continued to rise In April and early June, MLK and Robert Kennedy were assassinated. 2,000 protesters gathered in Lincoln Park. After failing to disperse, the police met them with tear gas. Daley refused to back down. Chicago was a city of rule and order. On August 28th, the Democratic Party refused to adopt an anti-war policy. As a result, 10,000 gathered in Grand Park. Furious at authority, Daley and the cops answered with violence, beating the protesters. The country was divided as ever. Um, I have a funny story that I can't share on the podcast, but I will share after this meeting. You guys will laugh. Um, on September 9th, the Apollo 8 crew- He's teasing us. I don't uh, I just, I definitely can't say it on the podcast. On September 9th, the Apollo 8 crew boarded their simulator. It was meant to test every foreseeable issue that could occur, and it was going to take a while. On September 14th, the Soviets sent a probe to the moon with hopes of it returning. It only meant that the race was closer- on September 15th, James Webb announced his resignation, a huge public story but positive news for the Apollo 8 mission. After this, it was revealed that the problems facing Saturn V had been fixed. On September 21st, Zone 5 returned, and the living creatures inside of it had survived. That was when they sent the tortoise. Uh, the Soviets were itching closer. As word got out about Apollo, some voiced their concerns. Many didn't believe the Americans could do it safely. On October 9th, the Saturn rocket was revealed. Its size was magnificent. On October 11th, Apollo 7 prepared for launch. The rocket worked wonderfully, but the conditions of the pilots didn't match. For the American public to hear, they complained about every aspect of the mission. Their complaints were grounded in tough conditions. Despite this, Kraft pledged they'd never fly again. Nonetheless, Apollo 8 was ready. I got a simple question. Is what do you guys think about the politics within NASA?
0: It's more like, do you want to be responsible if something goes wrong? Like, I don't think it was, I think it, I mean, obviously there's politics and everything, but I think it was more so like, since this is so rushed, like, like Webb wasn't to be responsible if if shit went down. But so I guess there's just like a lot of pressure. I don't know if it's more so like.
2: Do you guys think Webb thought it was going to be a failure and wanted to get out?
3: It's a lot of risk versus reward. Like, you're either going to be an absolute hero or an absolute villain, kind of. So that was a lot of pressure on him that might have weighed on his decision. I think
1: there's such a gap between, like, the knowledge that people have within NASA and the knowledge that people have outside of, that people lack outside of it. Like, I feel like if the public and maybe other people within government knew, like, the underlying calculations, the underlying planning, and the amount of things that can go wrong on these missions, I think they'd be more understanding when accidents do occur. Uh, but that's just not how people react. Like, uh, There's pretty big reactions to incidents, and so they have to be super careful, and because of that, bureaucracy uh, kind of prevails. Um, so I think it's tough. I agree with Jared's Jared's point, like you're you're not trying to be the guy to sign off on these missions,
0: because then, like, if shit does happen, like, you're the first one they go to, like, the head of yeah. NASA program. They're like, "What were you thinking?" Like,
3: yeah, and then yeah, but also, look at the other side of it. Like, if it works, they're like, "You're you God."
2: Hey, he got a major telescope named
0: after him, anyways. No, I mean, you had Apollo One under your belt already. I feel like you don't want to be on the, like be responsible for too many. I feel like. If I had to guess, now this is just me, like, obviously not knowing any of the the minor details, but I probably just didn't support the mission fully and thought it'd probably be best.
3: Hey, yeah, you got Delta ten and the five, and you doubled down. Yeah, it's not a good look.
2: Um, all right, with that, we move to Chapter Seven. Uh, another character here, Jim Lovell. As a kid, Jim James Lovell was fascinated by rockets. Pause. Reading books by the father of rocket engineering Robert Goddard. <laughs> okay, <Why? laughs>
1: were you planning to say that? No,
2: before? I died. I hated that one. I know. Uh, all right, I'll just restart. As a kid, Jim James Level was fascinated by rockets. Reading books Pause. by the father of rocket engineering Robert Goddard. In high school, he found the girl he was looking for, Marilyn Gerlock. In his junior year, he designed a model rocket with his friends, fully igniting his passion. heard. <laughs> There's a lot. I didn't realize when I wrote this. Um, However, Jim didn't have money for college, so he pursued a program through the Navy to become a pilot. From there, he landed at Annapolis. And after a couple tough years, he reconnected with Marilyn, then graduated top of his class, and married her. Fast forward to 1955, and Lovell was flying missions over foreign territories. In a scary experience, he lost all power in his plane and had to land the plane without instruments on an aircraft carrier. In 1958, Lovell received the call from NASA. He was disqualified by the doctors due to some pre-existing conditions. In 1962, he applied again. Deke Slayton welcomed him, and he was officially an astronaut. By 1964, he was on the backup crew for Gemini 4, his partner, Frank Borman. Men were opposites. Lovell, a dreamer and space fanatic. Borman, a straight shooter and patriot. Despite the differences, the pair was seemingly best friends. Together, they boarded the Gemini 7 a two-week record-breaking orbit around the Earth. It went successfully in 8- 1966. He was on Gemini 12 with Buzz Aldrin. Shout out, uh, Buzz. The mission went successfully, and Lovell had become the man with the most space hours in the world.
1: You think Buzz Aldrin's named after Buzz Lightyear? Obviously. You <laughs> the <Even all, even laughs>
0: other
1: way around? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm <getting> that <laughs> way. That way, exactly. Okay. Toy
2: Story, it's like how Game of Thrones.
1: Uh,
3: yeah. Like how Game of Thrones is based off the, or The Great <laughs> Game is based off Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Similar concept.
2: All right. Uh, any thoughts on level? Guy. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it is. They do have some strikingly
0: similar stories. Him and oh, no, I, feel like you, I feel like to end up in NASA, you have to have somewhat of a similar path. You have to yeah. be literally obsessed with the idea of being the top of the top.
1: And Borman got a little romance going on.
3: Yeah. I like how they all, you get to see inside their families, love lives, and then also like their their pre-college education as well. Like you see them either, I think Bill also was interested in flying before college. Like he was in that plane that did the loop-de-loop. And then you also get to see Lovell do that or was he the one interested in rockets Lovell was the one interested in rocket. shooting he, rockets he made, he
0: made that like model rocket in, in milwaukee like
3: yeah Like you get to see their pre-existing interest and then also how it grows as they keep continuing with their careers which is super interesting and they're all like oddly similar like i get them mixed up pretty frequently Do too
2: all right uh any other thoughts before we move to chapter eight No, perfect. Uh, Chapter 8 pushed superhuman speeds.
3: Two months... Sonic the Hedgehog.
2: Okay. Two months until Apollo 8 was scheduled to leave Earth, the media and some within NASA were still publicly denouncing the mission. It was rushed and was putting astronauts in danger. Despite this, the trio continued to work in the simulator, going through every scenario and complication. Lovell and Borman respected and admired the newcomer Anders. He was trustworthy and had high integrity. Despite this, there were concerns about Borman and Susan. There were rumors that Susan deeply feared the mission and that Borman was feeling it as well. Additionally, they hadn't guaranteed someone to pick up the crew in the Pacific. With that, Kraft went to Admiral John McCain, uh, father of the John McCain we know, who was prisoner of war at the time. McCain was enthralled by Kraft's presentation and guaranteed the Navy would change course and aid NASA. On November 11th, NASA chief Thomas Paine made his decision, Apollo 8 was commencing. They were going to the moon on Christmas. There was still an uncertainty, the Soviets. They could still announce a mission before Apollo. At this time, they launched ZON-6, a craft that orbited the moon and returned to Earth. Unknown to the United States, it suffered two serious issues upon its return. Despite that, Russians, Russia put Zond 7 out on the tarmac with sights on beating the Americans, The Soviets didn't believe the Americans would go forward with Apollo 8 due to their lack of experience. The Soviets didn't know the Americans had a secret weapon, a determined Bill Anders. Um, All right, my question is just thoughts on the crew and their dynamic. What makes them work? How are they able to compromise? I think they mentioned it,
0: but like Borman was like really like obsessed with making sure that everything was going to plan, but he also could take to take stuff from like Anders or Lovell when they kind of push back on things. And I think that they mentioned that like he was obsessed, but he also, he also respected the fact that they were able to stand up for themselves. And I think that's when you're put in such a unique situation, like these three are going to be in, like, I think that's what you need. Yeah. I think, I think
2: that's a really good point. I think Borman is really like, attentive to any change that could possibly take place, and his top priority was always safety uh, especially what happened with Apollo 1 and that was his family friends so you kind of get where he's coming from um, but he you could tell he's willing to change you just have to be determined and like look him in the eyes and go this is what we need to do and he was able to like listen to the other two and accept their changes when they were determined so I think they had like a really good leadership dynamic as like a team
1: they all kind of have the same underlying values they're all family men they all have kids uh they all have like an underlying purpose and passion for what they're doing so i think when you put that all together like it was kind of it was kind of destined to work out i don't know if nasa did this intentionally with these three but uh uh it worked out they made a good team i think we'll see that more as we move on and I'm, I'm excited to see how uh how that dynamic works when they're actually on the mission.
2: Yeah. Any other thoughts before we get to Bill Anders?
1: Uh, I have a thought. Uh, The McCain's in two books that we have read now have been pivotal, pivotal in uh, making the story roll forward. John McCain here was sending out some carriers to retrieve the uh, astronauts and I think his son in red notice with helping uh, the the Magnitsky bill, bill yeah. Magnitsky bill get passed in, uh, in Congress. I think he allowed it to get heard in either the House or the Senate and you know, pushed it forward. Uh, so the McCains are goaded.
2: Well, I really have never heard a negative story about the McCains, to be honest.
0: Maybe there will be a death.
1: Seem like good people.
0: Yeah. and we got some we're kind of getting all the dots connecting here we got I know. Uh, the great depression era too coming back from cinderella man it's all coming full circle i
1: i have not read a lot about the late 1960s uh and i kind of like how the author incorporates some some background information and uh what was going on in America at the time? I think that's a big piece to this story. Uh, you're kind of especially
0: with Vietnam going on, like in the midst of that. Like this is like yeah, a huge, yeah. pivotal moment in American
1: history. You're trying to be like that positive light amongst uh, some of the the negative things that were going on. I don't. I think it was this chapter where they were, they, they announced the mission, uh, and then like somebody wrote a letter, like some some just. Uh, normie like american wrote a letter saying like you're gonna ruin christmas
2: (laughs) it could have been the grinch (laughs) it could have been um
1: all
2: right uh chapter nine uh bill anders i I will say yeah it was a crazy 10-year period like starting from like the early 1960s with the bay of pigs invasion like our failed coup attempt in cuba to um, you know, and then you have the Civil Rights Act in the mid-60s and then you have the space program encapsulating all of this and you have Martin Luther King getting assassinated, John F. Kennedy being assassinated, Um, and then obviously the Chicago protests, I mean, there's just, you mentioned Vietnam, there's just a lot going on in this 10-year period. And then, like, even
1: you, missile crisis.
2: Yeah, even after this, like, there's Watergate right after this, too. Like, it's like, this is a 10th time in American history I we'd have to get, you know, maybe somewhat older to walk us through what that was like, but, um, yeah, kind of crazy to read about. With that, uh, chapter nine, Bill Anders. In 1937, William Bill Anders was in Nanking, China. His father, Arthur Anders, was a Navy lieutenant. On December 12th, the Japanese attacked the USS Pinay after a bomb disarmed the captain Art Anders took over, taking significant injuries as he defended against Japanese aerial attacks. The Japanese apologized for the attack and Anders earned a Navy Cross.
1: Bill. You got to talk about that. That story was absolutely insane after the summary. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh,
2: Bill fell in love with planes at 14.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, ahead.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My brain doesn't work sometimes. Bill fell in love. Okay, now go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. You go. You go. You go. Bill fell in love with planes at 14, taking a ride with a pilot in a field. Throughout high school, he focused on adventures, not only in reading, but in life. Became an avid hiker, Bill headed for Annapolis in 1950. In his freshman year, he almost failed, but focused up. Returning home, 16-year-old Valerie Horde caught his eyes. Despite several dates, he failed to make a move that summer. Despite that, he always took advantage of seeing her during breaks, Back at school, he visited an aircraft carrier, where he saw the three subsequent accidents in a row involving pilots trying to land. He wanted no part of carriers, but knew he wanted to fly. Returning back, he proposed to Valerie, who accepted. From there, he joined the Air Force, earning his wings at 23. Flying an F-89 Scorpion, armed with nuclear warheads. From there, he was sent to Iceland, in charge of intercepting the Soviet bombers. He returned to California and flew the F-101 Voodoo. In 1962, he graduated with a master's in nuclear engineering from Ohio State. Over the radio, he heard NASA's announcement. They were looking for a new class of astronaut. On December 17th, 1963, he was called to join NASA. Despite his advanced degree, Slayton didn't look his way. He clearly favored test pilots. His breakthrough was in mission control on Gemini 8, Armstrong, shut up, obviously, uh, and crew. Armstrong and crew lost control. He remained calm and instructed Armstrong to steady the machine, which he successfully did. Anders now joined the crew with Borman in a later level. They were destined for the moon and it was fast approaching. All right. That's where we leave off. Um, Christian, you want to interject with your thought or.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, the Arthur Anders story is the Japanese attacked, and they were like suicide bombing and, First, the the commanding officer got wounded, and he took over, uh, and then he got wounded. Uh, He got, like, hit in the throat with some shrapnel and uh, basically used his blood and wrote out commands to uh, his crew during the attack, uh, which is crazy. And the true story, because the, the letter... Head that he wrote down the commands on with his blood still sits in a a museum somewhere I thought that was wild,
0: yeah, that was a crazy story. I think I think it's in the Smithsonian or something like that, or yeah Museum of natural History or some one of those uh definitely would be cool to see at some point. I also it's say the story of when like he was intercepting Russian jets over Iceland when he flipped them off, and then they came back with the message like two months later that what is it what was it like that uh like we slept with your sister or something like that, or something with your mom. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a funny, uh, a funny story. That, uh, it took them like two months to figure out what, like what they had said meant, and yeah.
2: they had to go through a whole bureaucratic process. They were making fun of socialism. All right, um, any thoughts on Bill Anders? Uh, this is the last chapter Have you read. Any last character? of the submission
0: um they're actually all still alive which is pretty crazy i had to look uh, that up but i think Foreman and Lovell are both 95 or 98 and anders is like 89 so pretty crazy hmm.
2: interesting
3: it's an interesting thing from my perspective i for my job i do some software testing and the fact that they were able Like, I do software testing for smaller construction machines, and this is, they were doing, just overall, not even from this chapter, the fact that they were able to test all of the, not only software, but also, like, systems in terms of, like, the engineering and the mechanical parts of the rockets and then the software on top of that in this short period of time is insane. And from my experience, they definitely did not test everything just because you don't have enough time to test all of these different facets and the whole system working together. So this is, just from an outside perspective, this was so dangerous in terms of safety. But I think we already knew that. But it's just interesting having that knowledge of how software and systems all work together and then hearing about this and then comparing it to, through my job, how much goes into just safety testing for something... Simple, like an isolated feature. It's insane how they're able to actually do this.
0: I think in the summary, like they even, uh, even says like 1.5 million parts that they're all relying on, which is just crazy that if one fails, like the whole thing is, is compromised, which is just crazy to think about. Like the success rate that you have to have.
2: Yeah. Um, circling back all the way to the start, Kevin, I, I cut you off when you. Dove into if we actually went into space. Do you want to continue on your conspiracy or? No. Okay. I,
3: I believe we went into space.
2: Okay. Okay. 180. But um, all right. Uh, I guess right. Uh,
3: do
0: we have any thoughts on the book thus far? Uh, through chapters nine? Do, where do we stand on it thus far?
3: I think it's interesting how we get we already talked about this a little, but I really like how he gives us background leading up to it. And then also intertwines the stories of the individuals. We get a background on everybody, but it's not like, it's not like at the beginning of the book, we get a background on each of them. It's kind of intertwined, which I like. So it's not not just background and then background and then background and then background. So I think the way he's built this up is pretty interesting. And then obviously we're going to learn more. So we're only a third of the way through the book, but,
2: Yeah, I think it's tough because this is all set up so far. Uh, And there's gonna be a lot more. We're gonna start ramping up, I think, in our next portion of the meeting when we meet next week. So I think we'll all have a better idea, you know, of payoffs. But, you know, he's setting everything up well. You know, he set up some storylines, especially with Susan. I want to see how that pays off. And um, obviously, like some safety storylines that we got to follow. So I think he set everything up uh we'll have more takeaways as the book kind of goes along on how well those pay off and the mission itself i've avoided looking up anything about this mission because i really have no clue i have no clue the
0: only thing i I looked up on was the astronauts themselves to see if they were still alive actually so i also do not
1: Spoiler, Tyler, uh the United States put a man on the moon before the Soviets. Really? Allegedly. Allegedly. Hate to ruin it for you. Really? God. Yeah. No. It's like comparable to like don't don't spoil Oppenheimer for me. <laughs> it's <laughs> the US bombs. Japan.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh uh fun, interesting chapter summary. We'll see you again next week. Um where we stop off. And uh, with that, we'll transition over to the meme competition. Always one of our favorite portions. Uh, do you guys want to take a break before we get there
0: or uh, I got a, we'll, we'll catch you guys. I'll we'll catch you guys. And before Tyler cuts us off, we will catch you guys in the meme portion.
3: Welcome back to the meme competition. One of our favorite segments on this podcast. Uh, each contestant will get to show up to three memes. I'm guessing everybody has three memes for this one. And I know the boys are riled up because we haven't been able to do one of these in a while. So hopefully these are entertaining and funny. I know mine aren't that great, but hopefully you guys brought some brought some heat for this new competition. Uh, I actually wasn't listening. Are we volunteering or are we spinning a wheel for this? We are volunteering. All right. Since I'm uh, introing this, I guess I'll just go ahead and choose the order on my screen. I see Christian first, then Jared, then Tyler, then I see myself. So. That's fine. All right. Let's we'll go in that order. So, Christian, if you're ready to kick us off, let's get this thing underway.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Let me find where I'm supposed to put this. All right. Christian's <laughs> not ready, so. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. All right. uh... <laughs>
3: okay. Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> oh, no. It's just. It's oh, just... Uh... Start off. Start off, Start. Off, start
1: <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. <laughs>
3: This is one of the uh, uh, segments. If you're listening at home, you want to probably watch on YouTube.
2: If anyone is a family member of one of the Apollo 1 crew,
1: I apologize. <laughs> Should have said out to the gamer. This is loud. I don't think it's a well known enough tragedy for me to get canceled.
2: It's Traged up to change. you. It's up to you if you want it in or not, but we'll, we'll keep it in. I think it's fine.
3: Christian, don't worry. I'm going to have one awfully similar <laughs> it's,
0: it's a skeleton meme we're just going off that all right is it me yeah go ahead all right oh it's wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good uh, yeah I, I knew i needed to find like a tortoise meme and i took me a while but i finally a one. the hell is it like I just kind of, could you imagine I had- one of those those tortoises <laughs> being on on a damn spacecraft and like having no idea what's
3: going on experiencing <laughs> like 15 Gs.
1: the yeah. monkeys the monkeys that you send to space to like what the those fuck those is Poor souls yes. they don't even know how to like use tools yet they get sent into orbit or the dogs yeah no it's like <laughs>
3: I mean, those tortoises experiencing 15 G's. They probably just passed they lost out. Like
0: 10, they lost like 10 pounds. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Liable, but yeah. Over the head. Shout out. Underrated movie.
1: People would lose their shit nowadays. Oh, uh,
3: appraisal. Okay.
2: People would be pissed. I don't know if to start strong or. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm a little lost in my files right now. You gotta put put them on your desktop. That's the, that's uh, the uh, I I fucked that's up. What I, do. I fucked up, guys. I... Right, Actually, well, oh, maybe... nice... well, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. i gonna start off with this one. This is my this is my bay of pigs uh, meme. How, how many videos ones do we think town has over or two? <laughs> I only have over. You guys are over wrong. Two? it's under. I only have one. This is zero.
1: I hope it's zero. This is my this
2: this is my bay of pigs meme.
3: I, I I don't know.
0: Oh. <laughs> I don't... You, you, you forgot your audience here. Yeah, <laughs> I know this I, video. This video, I vaguely understand it. It's just
1: it's, it's it's a popular meme on the internet. But in the in this video, he like uh, gets hung and then just starts like dancing around. <laughs> it's a funny video,
0: but that's that's Tyler uh, watching Nebraska games okay. with other people.
1: True. Tyler There's... is on twitter and like uh fucking tiktok too much you transcend our meme knowledge yeah that's probably true
3: all right all right it's up to me uh i'm just gonna get this one out of the way because i don't like this one and <laughs> i couldn't come up with a third meme so i just did this and it, i don't even think it really makes sense <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> that's so
2: good I don't know if we can reward that.
3: What? It's, well,
1: what was your thinking behind
3: this? Spot one the first thing in orbit. She probably sent the RPG into orbit.
1: It's like medieval. Medieval. I take it away as like
3: medieval technology. Like, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I guess that works.
3: I just, I just saw this and I was like, I have to just put something on this. Spot like, Sputnik one. All
2: right, you like the meme too much. All right, Christian, back up top.
1: Uh, this is my home run meme. Okay, this is the one. I hope this sends us a gif. It's
2: a bit devastating if it doesn't.
0: <laughs> I don't think it did send us a gif. It, did, name, it did. You got to click it. I see it. I see it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you if you, you could have found a sniper one, that would be the ultimate
1: it's the only good headshot one I could find.
0: Uh, Alright, uh, Jared. Hopefully mine senses a gift as well. I don't think we'll be as good as
1: that. Oh, fuck.
2: I got to full screen this? I can't I even... This is... <laughs> <Yeah>. uh,
0: <disaster.
2: laughs> this is 220.
1: The Russians, the Russians when they realize Apollo 8 is actually going to launch. Uh, yeah, that was kind of my throwaway one.
3: The quality is high quality.
0: <laughs> yeah, but
1: deep fried uh, memes.
0: That's uh, yeah. The, the caption I did not realize was that grainy, but the the Dafoe meme.
1: Uh, okay. It made it better that it was just shit quality. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: deep fried. All right, uh, I'll go in. I'll send my one video meme. Oh, God. Great job. ready for my eardrum? <laughs> yep. like, yep. Turn down your volume. Turn down your volume.
3: No, nah, it's part of the experience.
0: This is guys having fun, dude. This is the United States of America, dude.
3: <laughs> Hell yeah! Put it right in my ass, Russia. Cut it out. Enough's enough, Putin. <laughs> Russia, we're done fucking around, dude. Cut it out. We're sick of this war. <laughs> uh, you num- okay, that's good.
0: <laughs> that was pretty good, Tyler. I, was, I saw
3: it. I saw it on TikTok last night. I was like,
2: I was like uh the, them going off about America while listening to fucking free Bird. <laughs> um all right uh kevin
3: sorry i was finishing that up um all right do I want to end with my best shadow
2: chain gillis for his new special by the way it's pretty good it's good
0: Is that Johnny <laughs> Jackass, yeah,
3: Sonny Knoxville. I don't know,
2: yeah. that yeah, is pretty... Jackass special, right there. <laughs> All right, this might... I haven't seen the Jackasses in a while. I may have to rewatch this. <laughs> Christian
0: made a
3: similar idea I also have a similar one. <laughs> yeah, Christian on the hot seat, uh, she was under 18.
0: <laughs> She'd ask, she ask her
1: mom why he shook her hand. <laughs> uh,
2: guy was too afraid to make a move, but he got it in the end. He got it in the end. That's all I'm saying.
1: She was, she was 16 and he was a freshman in college.
2: Different time. Different time. Was
1: 18. I mean, not, not that much older, right? Yeah, different time.
0: Different time. All right. Um, Jared. I'll stay on the Ender's train here. Uh, this time. This uh, is all time video.
2: That is one of my favorite videos. That will just make me laugh anytime I see that video. I may have to go rewatch it after
1: this. That video is so cringe.
0: This is. uh I can just picture because that Anders didn't make. A, I can just picture this is how probably said goodbye. Um, me and Christian are on the same lines of thinking. All right,
2: I'll send my last one. Once again, I gotta fucking search for the. But I got it. Wait, wait. No, I don't got it.
0: Oh,
3: God.
2: I got it. I got it.
3: I got Get it. A little more prepared. I got it, Don't
2: worry. Don't worry. Jared will like this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Good one, Tyler. Tyler's cooking today. Tyler's getting better slowly by slowly each meme competition. He gets a little bit better.
3: All right, you can the tell round the things
1: off. The disparity and like thought put into the memes between Tyler and the other three of us.
3: Yeah, that one compared to this one is gonna be night and day. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: when did Sesame Street come out?
3: <laughs> Not then.
0: I don't know. Well, I, it might have been.
3: I don't know, to be honest. I, don't
2: know.
0: The I was never
1: was based on this episode of Sesame Street, actually.
0: <laughs>
3: Check the tapes.
0: All right. Can't vote for yourself. Are we doing top three? Are there any honorable mentions that we want to throw out there?
3: Yeah, I can
1: toss one.
0: I don't have any, though.
1: I like top three for this.
0: <laughs> bring back a classic.
3: I just love that meme. <laughs>
0: I had one, but I'm thinking I. It was kind of like the same same as uh Tyler. I have Christians.
3: <laughs> I like that. All right. Voting. Time for us to vote.
0: I got to type these all in for myself. You can type top three. Okay, that's my number one.
1: Kevin, yeah, I I saw that uh, Donald Duck name. Or no, Jared, I saw that Donald. I saw that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's when these when you sent the. Uh, uh... Inkerman one eye was like immediately. (laughs) I was like, I have a similar one. All
2: right, I'm ready. I don't have an Excel ready to try to figure out the points for this, but we'll hopefully.
3: It right, is ready, well. ready. All
2: right, I'm ready. Christian, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, okay, three, two, one, go. All right. All right. So, tortoise jumping out already. He's got three. That would be five, seven. I don't think Got anything it. beats that. Yeah, I don't think I think that's it. Which one? Tortoise.
3: Yeah, that you're the tortoise team, I think.
2: Zon five. Zon five tortoise. Yeah, definitely.
3: All right, congrats to Jared. On winning the meme competition, I think
0: I was a, I was a little in a drought. I needed, I needed a, a win. I think so.
3: Yeah, Thanks I've been struggling recently. I might be in the hot seat now.
1: I
0: think I am too. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: all right. Well, all right. that's that's meme competition.
0: All right. Let me just wrap this episode up really quick. Um, so for next episode, we are going to be reading chapters uh, eight, or chapters ten through eighteen um i have a feeling it's going to pick up a little bit as we launch into the mission itself so interesting to see where that book where it goes from there um and then i think we believe we have snake draft next is that am i correct on that uh i think i wrote down scribbly oh we could we could talk as a group okay so our competition is tbd so you will uh you will hear it next episode what we decide but um nevertheless we will have a competition um but yeah looking forward Um, to get deeper into this book, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks so much for watching. Goodbye!